You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. Yes, you are. For this episode, Chris and Denise are going to be talking about books that have been turned into movies. Actually, just we're going to start out with one series of books that were turned into a movie. We'll see where it takes us. We'll see where we go from there. Yeah. Of course, there are six books in this series. That's right. So... That's like talking about six books right there. <laughs> Those turned into one movie. There's only one movie, but six books. So, spoiler alerts. Just Beware. <laughs> well, alrighty then. And the books that we are referring to is the Scott Pilgrim. Would you call it? It's a manga series? I mean, it's not it's Japanese, but it's, but it's like a manga format, sort of. Yeah. Well, it is, but yeah, it's still, either way, it's a graphic it's novel a graphic series. Novel. The first one is Scott Pilgrim versus... No, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Precious Life. Precious Little Life. And it's then the there's Scott one. Pilgrim versus the World. And is that, isn't that the subtitle for the movie? Yes. Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Yep. Yeah. So, I guess we should probably explain this a little bit for... The sake of our audience members who haven't, <laughs> who haven't read or seen Scott Pilgrim, yeah, and if they haven't, then you should definitely should. So, the premise of the series is that Scott Pilgrim meets a girl named Ramona Flowers, and she's from America. <laughs> yes, I guess we should note that Scott Pilgrim is Canadian, yes. and he is in Canada. Yeah, he takes it takes place in Canada, <laughs> Ontario, right? Ontario. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he meets Ramona Flowers, who's from the United States. Immediately has a crush on her, and wants to date her, but Ramona informs him that he must defeat her seven evil exes. Evil ex boyfriends. Yes. No. This is where you say evil exes. Just evil exes. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Her seven evil exes, and once he defeats them, then he may be her boyfriend. Or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of together before he defeats everybody. That's true. But there are seven evil exes that are going to come and fight him, is basically the the point. Yeah. And there's a lot of fighting. But it, it's fun fighting. It's not graphic violence or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> Which... To a, a good point of uh, of reference would be like fighting games like Street Fighter and mm-hmm. th- things like that. It's you know very cartoony, yep. very uh, over the top anime style action. Mm-hmm. And of course, and then, there's more to it than that. But. Yes, well, you know, Scott has a couple of ex girlfriends that join the mix. Yeah, that's right. To the fighting because they're not happy about Ramona Flowers. And he has Scott. another ex-girlfriend who joins the fight being against Ramona because knives. Well, as in, he's I guess they a all couple of ex-girlfriends. They all kind of team together at some point. Well, Envy doesn't really fight. No. She's just passive-aggressive. 
Yeah. She doesn't really like the fact that he's dating anybody, even though she was awful. Yeah, she was awful. That's usually the way that works. Though. She's her, her character is, I think, redeemed a lot more in the in the books than in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. In the movie, she was just kind of there. Yeah, but that since we're talking about books to movies, mm-hmm. it's one of the big differences between the book and the movie in yep. this case. Scott's also in a band, yes. so there's a lot of a. Uh, Battle of the Bands, too. Lots of music. Yeah. Um, yes. It's un- uh, like the underground and indie music scene mm-hmm. is a big a big uh, feature in, in both the books and the movie. Well, that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there, but for the most part, it's all about him. Him and Ramona just trying to be in a relationship. Yes. And everybody else just trying to get in between. I mean, if you if you really want to get get literary about it, there's a really a lot of good a lot of good themes in this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is literally fighting her ex her exes, mm-hmm. and and you know and fighting to the death, and death encompasses exploding into coins, just right. like in a video game. <laughs> yeah. But they are they are fighting fighting to the death. Um, so he's literally fighting, but at the same time, he's also, it's also kind of, I don't know, I think one of the themes is the, kind of the battles that you fight in a relationship and, and some of the, you know, the baggage that people carry mm-hmm. and, and things like that and the things you have to, to, you know, deal with from the past and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot of what it, what, what it's about and why, yeah. why he has to fight. And also, Scott has to grow a lot. As a person. Mm -hmm. Because when the book starts out, he's, what, 22? Is he 22 or 23? He's he's 23. Okay. So Scott Pilgrim is 23 when the book starts out. Yes. And he is dating a high schooler. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. It says, once upon a time, in what, the province of Ontario, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. Did they mention Lime Sage? Uh, I don't recall. I think she was what, like maybe sixteen or seventeen or something, something horribly inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first started reading this, I was like, "What?" what? Yeah, because he was twenty-three, dating a high schooler. But when he starts explaining his relationship with Knives, it is a lot of hanging out. Some hand-holding, but he won't even kiss her. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, we held hands once. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not... She's 17. Yeah. Okay. That's what I That's thought. 17. So, he's 23, and she's 17. And, yeah. So, yeah, when I first started reading it, I was just like, what is this 23-year-old dude doing with a 17-year-old girl? And, uh... But yeah, once he actually starts explaining their relationship, yeah, it's just... It's like, oh, this is just one of his lame rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who, he, whose hand he'll barely hold and won't... Like, he, nothing else happens, which is good. But yeah. also, I think it was meant more of a... As a... He is so immature. Mm-hmm. And his 23-year-old self still thinks that Dating a 17-year-old is fine because he is still there emotionally and maturity levels. He is still at that teenage level. Right. And so when he meets Ramona, who's also in her 20s, He's she doesn't like, want oh. some high schooler. She wants... Isn't she older than him? Like a little bit? 
like 26, something like that. I thought she was older than him. I love every time that someone's introduced, you get a name. That's true. And an age. You get the whole So the whole I just got to find out where. Enter, not, enter Ramona Flowers. Yep. Where does Ramona enter? At the party, right? No. In his brain? That's not where she gets introduced, right? When he dreams about her? Yeah, isn't that the first time he sees her is when... When he's dreaming about her? She's riding the subspace highway through his his brain or whatever. Yep, but I don't know if that's where she... Where they... No, I don't think they introduced her there. Yeah. But anyway, yes, Ramona Flowers, much more... She's in her 20s. Yeah. As well. Maybe not Scott's exact age. Definitely not maturity-wise. Ramona has a job and... With Amazon. With Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so he doesn't know what to do with himself because she's like, oh, wait, what is this? Oh, I found it. It's oh, in the good. second book, too. It says Ramona Flowers, uh, American Ninja Delivery Girl, age unknown, everything unknown, fun fact unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that they didn't give her exact age. Hmm. Well, maybe I just uh, maybe I just assumed she was older than him. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's definitely older than him. Again, in maturity. In maturity. Yes. And so I think that has a lot to do with the book too. Is that Scott has to grow up? Yes. And so you have. A lot of really good themes going on there. Of course, it didn't help that he got stomp- his heart stomped in the ground by, by envy, because that's like where he's at when he's with knives as he's recovering from that. Mm-hmm. But he also hadn't really dealt with that, and so mm-hmm. that's why he's kind of using this relationship to run away from. Yeah. Run away from that, and not deal with it. Which is also why I think ni- the relationship with knives is so simple. Mm-hmm. A lot of hanging out and playing video games, playing video games, and looking at music. Yeah, and just no actual like progression in any kind of way. I like how in the in the movie they're playing that that ninja game that's supposed to be kind of like Dance Dance Revolution. Oh yeah, <laughs> but and and they they get a game over, and 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 he looks at her and he's like nods his head at the the quarter slot. So she yeah. even has to buy the... Yeah, she's got to pay for everything. <laughs> pay for everything. Because <laughs> Scott doesn't even have a job. Right, isn't it halfway through the, the books before he finally gets a job? And he finally gets a job. But I think that has a lot to do with, you know, he met Ramona. And again, Ramona doesn't want some some scrub. Right, right. So again, yeah, that's that's what it's about. There's a lot of good similarities between the books and the and the movie. I think the movie did a great job keeping the the themes, the f- yeah, and the, the feel, the feel, same of it. spirit mm-hmm. of the books. And of course, they the thing is they had to condense a lot mm-hmm. because they did a whole series in yeah. one movie. So it, it definitely wasn't as long and drawn out of an affair as the. The graphic novels. Yeah. But they got it all in there and it didn't, you know, it didn't feel off. It felt like a good adaptation. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's not not a direct translation 
scene by scene of the the graphic novels to uh, to cinema, but but it was an adaptation and and it did I think they did a good job. Yeah, I doing think they that. did it justice. Yeah, for sure. You had a lot of great music. Well, yeah, in the movie. Mm-hmm, that was what was really cool about that is you could actually you know experience the yeah the music the Lo- lots of fun music. Scott's band. Sex Bobomb. Yeah. Which is a reference, the bomb is a reference to Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers, and I figured it because of the Sex Pistols or whatever. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah, I always <laughs> thought that that's what, that was the the reason for the title. But Beck wrote all the, their music for mm-hmm. the for the movie. Right. I know Michael Sarah plays instruments, but he did actually he actually, I think he actually did the guitar work on that. He, did, he played the, the bass, right? The bass. Yeah. Because he's the worst guitarist in the band. That's right. The worst guitarist always gets to be the bassist. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they kick him out of the band. Well. No, they kicked him out of the band for being. A flake. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's got to unlock a lot of maturity levels to get the girl to get the life he wanted mm-hmm. to be in his band. Like, he had to do a lot of self-realization, too, because. When they were in high school, him and Kim had a little thing, and that's right. He never once even thought about what had happened there. That's right. And so, at the end of both the books and the movies, he has to come to terms with the fact that he was not a good boyfriend. That's right. And yeah, he was. He was a jerk. Mm-hmm. Even though he had to fight like a hundred guys to save her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is very good at fighting, not yeah. very good at thinking. No, I love how they introduce him as a fighter in the yep. in the graphic novels, because because um, what's his name Patel Matthew Patel uh-huh. flies you know flies in and it's duel to the death and he jumps up and does like this you know flying uppercut and starts yeah yeah like the crud out even, of him. Not even a thought of this is weird. And some of them are just kind of <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And then and then Kim is like, Scott's the best fighter in the province. <laughs> I'm like, what is? Why does he not have a job? He should be in like MMA or something. You know? <laughs> because he's lazy. Yes, he's a classic underachiever. Yes. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim in the movie was played by Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. When he was first announced as. Scott Pilgrim, I had a little hard time with that because I did not really see Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. Being Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Yeah. But once I saw him in the movie, I was behind it. You were good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I thought he's a good a good Scott. Yep. Did you say you weren't real sure about Ramona either? Like, yeah. you didn't think she was the best choice for that? Yeah. I think I had, had a little trouble with Ramona too. Yeah. But ultimately, like, once they actually did their roles and everything... I think it came together really well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we, t- we already re- talked about some of the music references. And there's actually characters in the book, books and the movie that are named after famous musicians and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Stephen Stills. <laughs> yeah. And there's Young Neil. So, Young I always Neil. think of, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know. And Neil Young. Neil Young, right. <laughs> Yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff like that littered throughout the whole whole book, mm-hmm. and lots of video game references. Tons of video game references. Like, um, if anybody's familiar with the with classic Nintendo games, um, I thought the whole part of it with where he's uh, had to go save Kim and fight a hundred guys or whatever, 
was very much like a game called River City Ransom, an old Nintendo game I used to play when I was young. And probably, like, more than that, uh, probably the whole books. Because just artistically or stylistically, mm-hmm. it looks, you know, it looks similar. It's like, in the game, you're a couple of high school guys, and you have to beat up all the, the punks and mm-hmm. in the, in River City to, to save the, their girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty much what happens with Scott and Kim. And, uh, and there's lots more than that. Like, he gets extra lives. Oh, yeah. He gets extra lives. He gets save points. Save points. They're like, they're, isn't he about? They're about to go and have a fight or something, and he runs off. They're like, where are you going? He's like, oh, I gotta save my game. I think I saw a save point over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, he actually dies. Yes. And he has an extra life. He so does have the extra he life. Comes, he comes back. Yep. But he had he had to die, and he had to end up in that desert. That's right. For him to realize that. He needed to change. Mm-hmm. And deal deal with things. Mm-hmm. And not skip out, not, you know, not try to skip out of everything. And yep. They they summed it up pretty well in the, the closing scenes of the movie where mm-hmm. he finally had to actually apologize to everybody. Yeah. All, all his ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. and, and his current girlfriend. And, and then he earned the power of self-respect. That's right. And a big sword came out of his chest. <laughs> and he used it to beat up the bad guy. Yep. The last of Ramona's evil exes, which was the one that started the League of Evil Exes. And his symbol was the the inverted Triforce. Mm-hmm. Another video game reference. Yep. The Triforce <laughs> is like a, a holy symbol in the Legend of Zelda, and and he his is the the inverted Triforce. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point, Scott even has to fight himself, Nega Scott. The Nega Scott, yeah, yeah. And in the books, he actually has to fight him, and they. Mm-hmm. They have a battle, and doesn't he like absorb him or something mm-hmm. like that into himself? In the movie, he had to fight Nega Scott too. He didn't actually fight him though. Yeah, they're like they're about to fight, and then he's like, "I got this." And then the next scene, they you know, it's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get lunch." Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> we got a, we got a lot in common. He's cool. <laughs> they're still they're definitely worth reading and watching, mm-hmm. even if you have a few spoilers here and there. It's just yeah. just so much fun. I think everything about that has been made for Scott Pilgrim is worth it. Like, you can to sit down and read the books, watch the movie, buy the soundtrack, and listen to the yeah, song. Yeah, buy the soundtrack. It's good. Like, everything about it. Play the video game. The little video game that came out. Yep. Yeah. Which, that. that one actually is like playing River City Ransom. Yeah. It's a, a beat-em-up where you run through through the town, and you have, ever, at the end of every stage, you have to fight an evil ex. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Oh man, it's a blast! Yep. It's up to four players. <laughs> yeah, I remember you and we played that when I got yep. it, and uh, that was fun. So, should we talk about the fact that one of Ramona's evil exes, the was it the second one or the third one, Lucas? Lucas Lee. Yeah, that was the second one, right? That was the second one. Yeah, and in the movie was played by Chris Evans. Chris Evans. That's right, Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> he has made a lot of comic book movies. He has. Because he was also Johnny, what is his name, Johnny Storm or whatever. He was in the Fantastic the Four. Human Torch. He was the Human Torch. Which was, 
I don't want to talk about we the Fantastic Four movies. We're yeah. not going to talk well, about We won't those. talk about that anymore, but he was in that. So <laughs> he, he was in that. He's been two Marvel characters. Uh-huh. He was also in The Losers, which was also based on a comic book. Yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in that, too. And Zoe Zaldana. Oh. And Idris Elba. Okay. Cool. How, how have you not heard of this movie? I don't know. <laughs> You know, I probably have. You have it up there. Yeah. Let me see. You know what? Nope. I don't recall seeing that. Oh. I'm out of the loop on this one. Yes. Based on a comic book as well. By Vertigo, which is a DC imprint. A DC actually. imprint, yeah. So. Well, Zoe, Zoe Saldana's been in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. which is a Marvel. So she's done both universes, so, so to speak. I guess... Vertigo isn't necessarily DC Universe, but <laughs> do they do the characters from Vertigo comics know. ever crossover? I don't think so. The, I don't think I've ever seen a crossover. Yeah, maybe that's why they don't they don't put DC on there. Be like, well, I don't know. Didn't Constantine crossover into Gotham? Yeah, but is he not a, is he not considered a DC or is he on well, Vertigo? He started out in Vertigo. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he does. He does crossover mm-hmm. into the the extended universe, yeah. or whatever they're calling so it. So I guess it has happened. So yeah, Chris Evans has been in a lot of comic book movies. Yeah, they're fascinating. Yeah, so lots of comic books get turned into movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Pilgrim's a great example, but and and not just the the typical ones like the Marvel DC ones cuz of course right. they make movies of those Batman and Superman and Captain America and Yeah. That. And I think one of the biggest failings on that is that you try to take 75 years worth of comic book lore and squish it together into a movie. Yeah. And then and then people get upset because yeah. <laughs> it's not they're in their it's it you know they're like oh I've read all the comic books and and that's not what happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, there's, like, so little continuity in a lot of the, when, you know, once they start retelling the stories and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like they already are breaking the continuity. So if someone does a movie and it's not page for page from the comic books, it's like, this is just like what they're doing with the comics. Yeah. Except they're doing it in a movie. Yeah. I think what bothers... Most people, I know what bothers me, is that they just skip around from story arc to story arc. Yes. And take pieces from this and pieces from that and pieces from this and try to... Mash it all together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with taking a story arc. Yeah. And just running with it. Mm Mm-hmm. You can make a movie. Yeah, you can make some good movies. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, if instead of doing Batman versus Superman, they had done the Frank Miller, the Dark Knight. Mm Mm-hmm. This Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Yeah. Because that's pretty much what some of those scenes in that movie were based on. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Batman and Superman fight it out. And if they had just done a movie of that, I mean, that would be an awesome movie. Yeah. You get the the grumpy old man Batman. <laughs> yes. And Gotham is just a mess. <laughs> I think Scott Pilgrim does a really great, is a really great example of... A movie that was based on a comic book that was done extremely well. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of... Th- and this happens with just movies that the source material was a book. I mean, 
I'm pretty sure almost all of us here at the library would say that the book was better. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. of what <laughs> what movie we're talking in, about. In most <laughs> in most cases, that's true. Yeah. On a rare occasion, it might be the yeah you other might way get around. Better. But but for the most part, yes. Usually, the book is is the way to go. Yeah. I think Scott Pilgrim has one of those rare. It's like a rare unicorn. Like it's a unicorn of a movie. Yeah. That is so good that it can stand up against its own source material Mm -hmm. and still be like a a true testament to the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, you love the books and you see the movie and you're not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, zero disappointment. Mm -hmm. It's a great example of that. Of course, it's nice that you know it's unlike, like you said, with the the different series like the DC Marvel comics. It's it's six books and you're done. Mm-hmm. It's a complete story. It's not. Yeah, there's also that. It's not like these other. It's not seventy five years worth of comic books. Yeah, and then someone else decides to write a story about about Batman and tell it their way, and and so now you've got like mm-hmm. twenty different versions of the Batman origin story and all the things that come after that. It's like. It's like, no, we're just going to write a series and we're going to be done. Of course, it was written by one one author, mm-hmm. Brian Lee O'Malley. And he's the, he's the writer and illustrator, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Which is also something you don't see as much. Usually mm-hmm. there's a writer and an illustrator. But, yeah. But he did it all. Yes, he did. Really good, really fun artwork mm-hmm. in these books, too. I mean, it is, it is kind of a little. It's a little bit manga esque. It's not, it's not like looking at an anime or something. But, but the, you know, all the characters have, you know, exaggerated eyes and and features mm-hmm. and things. That's that's pretty much how they convey expression and yeah and things like that. So, it's very cartoony, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And they just re-released. Uh, well, they've been. A few years ago, right? The whole series, co- complete, completely colorized. Yep, hardcover, bigger format, and Full completely color. in color. Yep. Yeah, because originally they were just black and white. Mm-hmm. And now Little they're digest sized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice. But we have some other material by Brian Lee O'Malley here. Mm-hmm. Uh, seconds. Seconds. And you've read that, right? Yeah. And you like that one? Yes, that one is definitely as. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, the series would would I would recommend for teens and up. Like obviously, you know, we love the series and right. we read it in in our adulthood, but definitely has a lot of really good appeal, like for for young adults. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's good for teens. And I would say that seconds. So it doesn't really have like adult content. The theme is definitely more adult. Yeah. Um, and adults would identify with it. Yes. Better. Yeah. Um, the main character is a woman, I believe, in her thirties. She's always wanted to open up her own restaurant and be, you know, a chef mm-hmm. in her own restaurant, and she's worked in a in a restaurant with, you know, a close friend of hers for a long time and has just never really done it herself. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, you know, she's got relationship problems in the sense that she was with someone for long term and then they broke up. Yeah. So she's 
has a lot of, I guess I would say regrets. Like she has a lot of regrets. Yeah. Now I haven't I haven't read the whole thing, but I remember looking at it. And isn't there some some kind of time travel, yes. like redo type stuff? Yes. In, in the in the little um, home that she lives in, she suddenly finds. Gosh, I want to say they were mushrooms. Something like that. Yeah. And there's a, a little house spirit or house sprite mm-hmm. that is living in her house. She takes one of these mushrooms and realizes that she has gone back into the past. And so she tries to, to change things. She doesn't stay in the past. Like once the mushroom wears off, she comes back to her mm-hmm. present. And of course her timeline has changed right. and so forth. So she's trying to use it to take, to make up for some of the things that she regrets in her life. Mm-hmm. When much like Scott, she just needed to come to terms with the mistakes that she has made and right. make amends. Just deal deal with it mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah. It was really good. I liked it. You liked it. Do you think it would make a good movie? I think it would make a very complicated movie. Yeah. Because there's a lot of the time traveling and the timeline changes and... I'm not sure if it would translate well to screen. So no no seconds, the movie. <laughs> I'd probably still watch it. Yeah. So Gideon was played by Jason Schwartzman in the movie. Okay. I, I happen to love Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. I think he's great. He plays Gideon. Right. The last of the evil ex he's the Yes, he is the the big the end boss battle. Yes. <laughs> he's also the most well i don't know if i would say he was the most successful because lucas lee became an action hero right he was, movies yeah he was essentially <laughs> like a bruce willis clint eastwood oh you mean like in the in the real life yeah is that what you mean <laughs> well the character lucas lee was a, a movie star was an action movie star in the books and in the movie. Yes. And so he was actually a lot like Chris Evans in real life. So his character, <laughs> yeah, the character that he played in Scott Pilgrim was very much like <laughs> yeah. the char- like the the person that he is in real life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going there. I thought you were trying to tell me that Lucas Lee played Chris Evans. You're I'm like, like no. I, don't, I don't remember that part. <laughs> Because that would be weird. So Gideon, I don't know if we could say that Gideon was the most successful. Because Lucas Lee was a famous movie star. He was a famous movie star. Gideon was the music, the label. Yeah, like a music industry label owner. Yeah. He was going to sign their band. Well, but they were going to have to sell out. All, almost all of Ramona's boyfriends had some kind of financial success. That's true. The uh, the Katam- Katamari is it Kat- Katanagi? Well, the the, Jap- the the twins, the Japanese the twins, twins. Yeah, they were in a band that uh, Gideon, I believe, had already signed. Yes, because then the, the, the they did do a battle of the bands with right. the Scots band. Yep. And then you had Lucas Lee and Todd. Todd. He was in a band. And a super successful band that with Scott's ex-girlfriend. 
yes. Because they had hit major success. Right. I never thought about this before. So it also makes a little more sense that, you know, though she she likes Scott, his inertia in his life just... I could see why she was very much like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Because all the other folks kind of moved on and became successful. Yeah. I don't know about Roxy. You don't really find out much else about her. You don't really find out much about Roxy. She's a ninja. Yeah, she's a ninja. He fights a lot of people. He does. Well, he also oh, fights. He also had to fight knives with knives. Dead. dead. I know. Yes. I was just going to talk about that because that was awesome. Because her, her dad, he gets out this this big samurai sword and chases him across town. It's like cuts cuts up, a whole bus in half. He ends up fighting Roxy <laughs> in the book. That's right. You you don't see the fight with knives' dad in the movie. No, not in the no. It's not, that scene's not in the movie. But in the book, he fights Roxy. Because Scott and Roxy are in the middle of a fight. Yes. And he shows up. Oh, yeah. That was a huge battle. It was awesome. Now, in, the, in the movie, it's Scott and Roxy. And then Ramona fights Roxy as well. And Scott Scott is reluctant because he, he says he can't hit a girl. They're soft. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight a girl. So Ramona grabs his, his fists, his, his arms, and does his fighting for him. Though in the book, he has no problems fighting Roxy. That's true. And she doesn't turn to coins. She turns into a bunch of bunnies. Oh. That's right. They were roommates in college. That was it. Ramona and Roxy were roommates Ro- in college. Roommates in college. And then Matthew Patel... We also don't know much about Matthew Don't Patel. know much about him. He just sort of shows up. He shows up. Scott takes care of him pretty quickly. Of course, they were like, they were like together in for like, like fifth grade or sixth grade yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and for a week or something. Yeah. Something very short. So he, he uh, yeah. Not a whole lot of history with, with Matthew. Just uh, a little, little mm-hmm. school kid fleeing. Yeah. I'm remembering now, it, you know, the thing with the, the Nega Scott. Uh, just, just I'm, I don't know why I thought of that when we were talking about Roxy, but that's also a re- you know one of the other many video game references. Lots of Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. The Negascot is also I don't know if it, you have to do this in any of the other Legend of Zelda games because I kind of fell behind after Ocarina of Time, but in that you have to fight a Dark Link. Yes. Yep, Dark Link. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that that was based on... Yes, Negascott was definitely Dark Link. Yes. Inspired by or yeah. whatever. <laughs> of course, that's a pretty common theme in a lot of games mm-hmm. or and other stories of this, this ilk. You know, like action, action comics and things like that. It seems like there's always something where the hero has to fight a... A, a version do- of themselves. Yeah, an evil version of themselves or yeah. a doppelganger or a yeah, dark version. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think definitely in in the books and in the in the movie as well, it was a very clear metaphor for Scott having to fight himself. Right, he had to make peace with himself. Yeah, in the same way that he had to deal with everything else. Yeah, yeah. and that's he a, also had a lot of 
gosh, I don't know if I would say he had a lot of regrets. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like he was really regretful. Yeah. Just very stagnant. Like, he just didn't go anywhere. He just didn't move as yeah. a as a person in his personality and emotionally maturity. Like, he just seemed to stay in this one spot. Yeah. He just wasn't really moving. Mm-hmm. And so he had all these things that were just kind of piling up that he hadn't hadn't dealt with and mm-hmm. and then he just tried his hardest just to not think about them yeah and hope hoping that they'd go away yeah and they didn't and then he had to fight Negascott. and then he had to fight Negascott mm-hmm. and and the universe sort of <laughs> just going by the title of the books there's scott pilgrim <laughs> versus the world uh, and there's one that's scott pilgrim the last one i think was when he had to fight the universe versus the universe Oh, no, Scott's Finest Hour was the last one. There it is, the fifth one. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe. So we have all six of the books here at the library and the movie. Yes, and so they're graphic novels, so they're quick reads. Mm-hmm. If you like to read things like that, you can probably read all the books and watch the movie in, in a week or a couple weeks yeah. or whatever and get all no time at all in the know of Scott Pilgrim. So it is super good. Yes. We also have Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. It mm-hmm. is here in the library. Also very good. Do we have another? Th- I don't know if we have it. I'm just, I thought I've heard about something about something that Brian Lee O'Malley wrote, but didn't illustrate or vice versa. Oh, he- Snot Girl? No, we don't have that. And we won't talk about that. No, I don't want to talk about that. It was gross. Are you going to talk about why you don't like it? <laughs> I guess I could talk about why I don't didn't like it. Didn't you say you were going to talk about why you... I guess I could. Or why we don't have it, or why... Well... Are you going to talk about why we're not going to talk about it? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have it. I don't even know if the first trade paperback is out yet. Because it's a fairly new new series. I'd have to... I'd have to see... I'm pretty sure it's been out for a while. Hmm. It was new maybe a couple years ago. (laughs) I remember you telling me about it. That was a long time ago, Denise. (laughs) Yeah, I think your concept of time and my concept of time are very different. Uh, that's probably true. Let's see. It was last year, dude. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Nuh-uh. Yes. That feels like that was the forever ago. The first issue of Snot Girl was last year, last July. July 2016. That doesn't seem right. Well, it's true. So, if it makes you feel, July of 2016 was when the first one came out. The trade paperback came out in February of 2017. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe it was earlier than that that you told me. Maybe. You know, because it they was, were working on they it. They were working but on it. But it hadn't been published and yet. And I read the th- like, what it was about, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. So, Snot Girl is about a girl... Who is a social media star, perfect life, gorgeous, all that stuff. Except that she has super bad allergies. Hence the title, Snot Girl. Mm-mm. And that's pretty much the description of the book. Yeah. As far as, I mean, I, I really... There, there, maybe there's some deeper themes in there somewhere, but it just sounded like a model that had issues because... Because she had allergies. Because she had allergies. And it was... <laughs> this conflict between that and 
or having a successful career. <laughs> yeah, it was something along those lines. And I think the thing that bothers me about the artwork, because most of the artwork is pretty, pretty standard comic book art. Yeah. You know, especially about a model. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get the kind of art that you're that you're expecting. Mm-hmm. But my problem is that because of her allergies, like they have green snot coming out of her nose, mm-hmm. going down her face, going down her mouth, and I am just not down to read anything about that. Yeah. So it sounds super gross. Yes. And I don't want to read anything that's super gross. At least not about snot. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, that was the book that he wrote. The comic books. He still, I guess, that's the whole thing going on. Hmm. Yeah, but he did not illustrate those. Someone else did. Right. It's definitely not his trademark style. Mm-mm. You can tell right away. Yep. Because he's pretty consistent in his style across mm-hmm. all of his his graphic novels. Uh Lost at Sea is very similar, which... Which I've, we don't have here at the library. We don't have, but I'm, I borrowed a copy from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of... Scott O'Malley has a lot of, um, I guess, personal realization stories. Because, again, you know, Scott had to grow up and figure himself out. And in seconds, the main character had to figure herself out. Mm-hmm. And in Lost at Sea, it wasn't necessarily about figuring herself out, but she had to come to terms with some things that happened to her in her past. And so, he tends to revisit the same themes, but in totally different styles of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And manages to make it original each time. Mm -hmm. I need to read that one. And Scott Pilgrim has a lot of really great... Like, you know, all the different themes that we talked about. Um, and it's also his longer work. Right. Six volumes. While Seconds was only a standalone graphic novel. And Lost at Sea was a standalone. A standalone, yeah. Graphic novel. So, so that's a lot. That's a lot about Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. We have some other graphic novels. And of course, books that have been turned into movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but this is the one we're most familiar with. Um, I just I think, think this is the one that we have liked completely. The books, the movie. I don't think there's another graphic novel series that's been turned into a movie where we're both like the books were amazing, the movie was amazing. Right. All right. Well. Thanks for listening to part one of our episode about books that have been turned in, into movies. Books, comic books, whatever. Adaptations. Yeah. I consider them all books. Yeah. They're all books. And so we'll, we'll be doing a, having part two next week. So join us to listen to the conclusion of this riveting episode. Of the Long Overdue Podcast. <laughs>